ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power and the life that are in your word. And I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit because, Lord, I acknowledge that without the touch of the Holy Spirit on a person's life, they won't find this power. They won't find this life. And the words that I speak certainly can't bring that to people. But, Lord, just one touch from you, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you'd quicken us, give us ears to hear and hearts to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to start off with something that may seem a little bit like a non sequitur, but the truth of the matter is it's very closely related to where we're going uh, here today. And, and it's this, there is a new world coming. There absolutely is. Uh, and in fact, it cannot come soon enough. All you have to do is pick up the newspaper on any day or visit your favorite news website or however it is that you do that to find out that, man, uh, <laughs> this, this world is a mess. Uh, it's getting messier. And what, we need, what, it, what needs to happen is it just needs to, the whole thing just needs to be torn down and we start all over with something brand new. Now, back in the, back in the 60s, uh, those of you who remember the 60s weren't there, that's right. But uh, back in the 60s, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil, a lot of protesting and things. And one of the things that, uh, that I remember people would complain about is, well, you, wanna, you want to change things. What do you want to make it? We don't know what we want to make it. We just, want, we just know this isn't right. What we, what, what we have now isn't right. What, what we're living in now is wrong. This isn't the way what we were created for. Well, God knows what we were created for. And so we can't change it, but he can, and he's going to. Amen. He is absolutely going to. Just, just a couple of verses. Isaiah 65, 17. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Wow. All of this stuff that we see, have around us, and I don't just mean in this building, of course, won't even be remembered anymore. <laughs> Revelation uh, 21.1, I, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. Now, don't ask me what that no longer any sea is all about. I don't know, but I'll find out because it's going to happen. Because the Bible says it's going to happen. And this is just a couple of verses. You know there are, there are many. 
concerning considering that this world is passing away and that the new world will last forever in that context let me let me uh let me ask you uh something we'll bring it back into the context that we know well which would you rather have now i'm not really making a true offer here because i don't have it but would you rather have would you rather i gave you a hundred thousand dollars right now wait wait for it wait for it or sometime in the very near future i gave you a million dollars a year yeah unless you're an idiot you want the million dollars a year uh, i know a bird in the hands or two in the bush but in this case which is the hand and which is the bush the world we're living in right now or the one coming See, the one coming is real and eternal and absolutely certain. The only thing certain about the one we have right now is that it's uncertain and that it is passing away. And so considering that it would be a whole lot better to defer a much greater reward than what we could receive right now, the question before us is this. How do we lay up treasure and build a solid foundation for the coming world? How do we invest in the future world? There's there's a lot of people who will give you advice about how to invest in this world. Big deal. How do we invest in the world to come? That's the real question. So, let's begin to look at some things here. Jesus says in Matthew 23, 11. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, that was... Matthew 6, 19, and I was going to read it in the earlier passage, but I'll read it right now. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So, once again, just reinforcing the one that's coming is the one we need to plan for. Matthew 23, 11, Jesus says, The greatest among you shall be your servant. When my kids were little, we, uh, we had these things called uh, cassette tapes. <laughs> and I remember on one of the cassette, well, several of the cassette tapes, actually, we had, we had this thing called Salty the Singing Songbook. Yeah. Okay. Do they still, I mean, that's, that is kind of creepy, but it's cool creepy. <laughs> it, 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 it's a real cool creepy. Uh, to have this big giant songbook singing. I mean, you know, people are kind of, songbook? Welcome back, Radix. Do y'all know what a songbook is? <laughs> Your parents told you, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite one of the Salty the Singing Songbooks, Kids Praise, was Charity Church Mouse. And Charity Church Mouse was a diva. She was, she was, a, she was a, a, a gospel star. She, she was going to be a Jesus superstar because she could sing and, and just do it all. And in, and in the midst of, of encountering Salty the Singing Songbook, which is a life-changing experience, quite frankly, for anyone who, who has such an encounter... You do know that this next week is Halloween, right? Just, just, just some ideas here. Uh, 
in the midst of encounter, she learned that being a diva wasn't what it was all about. In fact, she learned that if you want to be great in the kingdom, you have to be the servant of all. And then at the end, Salty sang this song about, Make me a servant today. He just didn't sing it that well. Uh, <laughs> ah. When we think about some of the things that Jesus said, some of the, some of the, some of the things that he said, we tend to, to take it and put it over here in the category of, oh, he was saying this to super Christians. If you want to be great in the kingdom, then you have to be the servant of all. And, you know, there's probably somebody out there who really want, wants to be great, and so now they're going to have to serve everybody and things like that. Listen, everybody wants to be great in the kingdom. I'm, I'm just telling you. you. You know, I'm sorry. I don't buy the, no, I, I just want to be in the kingdom. I don't, I don't have to be great. No, you want to be great. You just don't want to serve. I'm not judging. I, you, it's your own heart, you can, you know, that that has that has to sort that out. But the, the truth of the matter is that this applies to this applies to all Christians, just as surely as gravity applies to all objects at the same rate. This applies to all Christians. I mean, if you drop a person and you drop a marble from the sky, they're going to accelerate at at uh, 9.8 meters per second per second. That's that's going to happen regardless of the size of them. Same, same thing here. It, no matter where you feel like your pecking order is in the kingdom, this principle applies. Greatness and servanthood are in direct ratio to one another. Absolutely. They can't, that, that, that is a, a spiritual law that cannot be broken. Greatness in the kingdom comes from serving, and there are examples. Over in Numbers chapter 12, Aaron and Miriam... Uh, oppose Moses they uh, they come against Moses and they have their reasons I'll let you it's another sermon so I'll let you, you read that passage if you want to but uh, they they come to Moses and they're saying you know he's not the only one why why is Moses the big dog uh, you know we're we hear from God I mean Aaron's the high priest and Miriam the worship leader she leads praise in motion for uh, for the Israelites and why, why is it that Moses is the one? And so God came down and he sorted them out. And in sorting them out, this is what he said to them. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant, Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, Moses? A couple of things here. Yeah, I, I read it in a different context this week as I was looking, for this, looking at, this, at this sermon. Um, and referring to Moses, the greatest thing that God could call him is my servant. There's a lot made today um, about prophecy and being a prophet, and yes, yes, I would that all of you would prophesy and have the desire to prophesy. But let me tell you something. A prophet 
is lightweight stuff compared to a servant in the kingdom. And when somebody comes and, you know, and announces to me that they're a prophet, uh, you know, uh, alarm bells start going off and flags begin to wave and things like that, I kind of go, don't tell me you're a prophet. Let me see that you're a prophet. And first of all, let me see that you're a servant. Because if you're not a servant, then you probably don't really have anything to say that I want to hear or need to hear from the Lord. The level of authority that you carry is directly proportional to the level of obedience that you have toward God's instruction in your life. The more you obey what God says, the more authority you carry. And the less you obey what God says, the less authority that you carry. It's, 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 that, it's that simple. It's very simple. We, we, because, you see, we sometimes think of servanthood in terms of it being uh, our idea, or we've got to come up with something, some way, some way to, to serve God here. Um, there's another story that came to mind this week. When David and his army was fighting, well, when David's army was fighting against Absalom, when Absalom rebelled against him, uh, David's army won, and uh, after, they, after, they, after they won, Ahimehaz, the son of Zadok, who was a high priest, wanted to go and take the news to David. But Joab went, no, this isn't, you don't, this isn't a good time for you to go and take the news to David. I'm going to send a foreigner, I'm going to send a Cushite to, to run and, and tell the news because David's going to be happy that he won, but he isn't going to be happy about the fact that Absalom's been killed. That's not going to. It's not going to make him happy. Won't get you a reward. So he sends the the Cushite off running to with uh, with the news, and Ahimehaz goes. Well, you know, nevertheless, I want to run. I I I I want to go take the message. And Joab goes, okay, run, go take the message. And Ahimehaz outruns the Cushite and gets there first. And he says to David. Good news, my Lord. Your enemies have been defeated. And David goes, that is good news. Yeah. What about Absalom? Uh, he didn't really want to bring that message. Well, now the Cushite is running, and, and he gets there second. And uh, David says to Ahimehaz, you stand over here, and let me find out what the message really is. Now, here's the point. Ahimehaz had the pedigree. He had the lineage. He, he, was, he was of the high priestly line. Not only did he have the pedigree, he had the ability. He, the, the Cushite started first, and Ahimehaz outran him. So he had the talent, he had the ability, he had the skill, he had the endurance, he had the, he had the family line and everything, but this wasn't his job. And so the last thing we hear being said to him is, you stand over here can't really use you right now now think about that being a servant isn't about your skill level it isn't about your lineage it isn't about how much knowledge you have it isn't about any of those things that we tend to think it's about it's about one thing and one thing only this is what God said to do I'm gonna go do it this is the instruction that he gave to me. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I happen to live with the children's pastor here, and it's okay because we're married. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, I know that frequently I'll hear about, well, uh, you know, I, I need this teacher, I need this position filled, I'm, I'm short this, I'm short, you know, and sometimes, well, no, in the past, I would say to Margaret, well, Margaret, just, you know, make an announcement or, or let's just open this thing up. And, uh, and I don't really even say that anymore because I know what the answer is. The answer is, I want people to hear from God. I don't want just anybody to do anything. I want people to pray and God tell them something and then respond to God. Uh, now, the problem is, when you do that, people don't always listen to God. Because what God's telling them may not be what they want to do. They may want to do something else. And that creates a problem as well because sometimes people get in positions that God has not put them in, that they're not supposed to be in, and they're doing a terrible job, and nobody else can come along and take that position because they got it. Just good news today. <laughs> it's, it's not hard to be a servant. Anybody can do it. Anybody has the skill and the talent level to do it but it requires obedience okay wealth in the kingdom comes from serving the key to wealth in this world there's a whole bunch of different keys to wealth in this world whatever they are I don't know they really don't matter but in the kingdom the key to wealth comes from serving Matthew 25 contains a parable you know it of servants who were entrusted with their master's money it starts off this way again it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. A couple of things here. First of all, who did this wealth all belong to? The master. And so when the master has something and he gives it to a servant and entrusts the servant to manage it, what is that servant called? A steward. Yeah, very good. Uh, and so they were, they were a specialized type of servant. And note, not everyone had the same abilities. And you know what? It's okay. It's absolutely okay for not everyone to have the same abilities. If we all had the same abilities, if we all had the same talents, we would all be in competition with each other all the time. But they, they, they were given according to, to what they had. And now here's the thing. You know, sometimes people... I had to... I had to get old before I really learned this and it really got in, inside of me. But comparing yourself with somebody else is just, just such a bad idea. Just so wrong because you either look at them and you go, man, I can do better than that. You know, and whether you can or not, you think you can. Or you look at them and you go, oh, they're so good, I can't really do anything. And both, that's the devil. God has created you in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared for you to do before the foundation of the world and he has uniquely equipped you to do whatever it is he has given you to do and he, you know what if you don't do it it won't happen and you kind of say oh I thought God can do anything God can do anything and his world will go on and there is a new world coming but what you were given to do won't happen unless you do it you have to realize that they, they, had, they had different levels and, and God knew what they were and he entrusted these things to them based on what he had given them. 
And then it goes on to say the man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. Also, the, uh, the one with the two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. In other words, two servants served, and one servant went to great lengths to not serve. In fact, he became a digger. If any of you remember several weeks ago when we were talking about stewardship, you can be a steward, you can be a digger, or you can be a beggar. He became a digger. He actually, he actually probably, ironically, he probably worked harder than the guys who, who served the master. That's one of the wonderful things about being a servant of God. I'm not saying you don't work. I'm not saying that sometimes it's not hard. But I'm saying that you begin to flow to the rhythms of his grace. Uh, is Cheyenne here? Cheyenne is gone? Keep that guy. Okay. I, t- I told these, these radics people that none of them could sleep during the service. But I, but anyway, never mind. It's, it's hard work sometimes. I mean, sometimes the things are hard work, but you can depend on the. That's all right. They, that's okay. They've already missed the best part. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you know, Paul had this problem one time, and a guy almost died because of it. But we'll let that we'll let that ride. <laughs> Just keep them on the ground level. Uh, where was I? Diggers? No, yeah, rhythms of God's grace. Uh, uh, Allison testified to it today. You know, uh, yeah, you, you, if God gives you something to do, if He gives you an assignment. He's got it, you know, and that doesn't mean that you don't work, but there comes times when you just kind of go, you know what, (laughs) I give up, and those are the most wonderful times in serving God, because when you get there, then you get to see the salvation of the Lord. You get to see him actually step in and do something. You get to open your email and find out you got the bus, and it didn't cost you anything. That's the rhythms of God's grace, and these, these guys, they put the master's resources to work rather than themselves i mean before themselves and when you put god's resources to work you know what happens fruitfulness cannot fail can't say well i can mess it up you can't if you'll put his resources to you can mess it up his resources never fail so two servants served one didn't notice Both of the ones who served got the same commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The one who who brought in ten bags of gold and the one who brought in four bags of gold. They both got exactly the same thing. Because you see, God doesn't need six more bags of gold. God needs faithful servants. That's that's what he values. That's, That's what he is looking for. And the thing that we would be commended for when we stand before God is faithfulness as a servant. That's it. That's it. He, it. There's nowhere in Scripture that we hear that he's going to say, well done, good and faithful prophet. Well done, good and faithful pastor. Well done, good and faithful teacher. It's good and faithful servant. And all of us can do that. The person pastoring a church of 50 may be more faithful than the person pastoring a church of 5,000. 
See, the world doesn't look at it that way, but God does. And in fact, they probably are. It's hard to pastor a church of 50. Everybody in the church has your phone number. And they will all call you. If you pastor a church of 5,000, there's probably not 50 people in the church who can get a hold of you. Quite frankly. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, those lazy bums pastoring churches of 5,000. I, I mean, that, that, that's all up to God. I'm just saying that you can't look at it and go, oh, he's got a big church. He must be really faithful. Uh-uh. God may require the most faithful one to go and do the really hard, smaller stuff. It's it's same thing in the uh, same thing in the world, the business world. You know, the person doing the most menial job in the company may be more faithful than the CEO. And in fact, oftentimes, oftentimes that that could be the case. That would be the case. The thing that will measure how great we are in the world to come is how faithfully we've served with the little that's been entrusted to us here. The third servant was rejected. Not because he didn't bring in more money. He was rejected because he was a wicked, lazy servant. And then finally, Jesus said, For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. We think this world's stuff is so valuable. But if it's all we have, then we've got exactly nada. Nothing. The example, all right, I'm going to get on my horse here because this is the passage that we actually read. Philippians 2, 5, in your relationships with one another. Come on back. Well, yeah. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Really? Yeah. What a concept. Think the way Christ thought. Function the way that he functioned. He, he, was, he set us an example, right? You call me teacher and Lord. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. What an extraordinary concept that is. In this world, everybody's looking for an edge. Everybody's looking for an angle. Everybody's, everybody's looking for uh, a way to get ahead of the person next to them. In the world to come, that's not the way that it functions. That's not the way that it works. That will totally backfire. If, and when Jesus came, he was, he was God. But yet he didn't go, oh boy, I'm God. I can, I, can really, I can really clean up here. He went, oh boy, I'm God. I can really serve other people more than anybody else ever has. Because that's what it's for. And so the, whatever God has given to us is there not for our advantage. It, it's for others' advantage. See, the, the primary difference between God and Satan is Satan is totally turned inward and God is totally turned outward. That's the difference. It's when you get right down to it.
he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. This world is so easily blinded. See, God is so unimpressed by what impresses this world. Uh, he, he can see that the emperor doesn't have any clothes on. Everybody else is sitting there going, oh, look at the beautiful emperor. And God's going, uh-uh. Jesus took the very nature, the form of a servant. I was looking um, in the you know, Bible at some that the Lord himself called my servant. And this is the roll call that I found. Job, pretty good guy. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Caleb, one of the spies who came back and said, yes, we can take the land. David, over and over and over, is referred to as my servant. And Isaiah, that's pretty heavyweight company. That's pretty rarefied air to walk in. And so you would think that the enemy should get a clue. Hey, when he comes, he'll probably be a servant. But that is so alien to the way that the devil thinks that he just can't go there. Now, that, that has implications for us because the whole world is under the control of the evil one. It's what, what it says in 1 John chapter 5. We have grown up in an environment. Everything around us has trained us to see things the way the devil sees it. And so the devil was so blinded that when Jesus Christ came, he couldn't even see God. You know, the, the, the people stared God in the face and didn't know who he was. We think we got this servant thing down. I mean, we think that, okay, I hear what he's saying, and yeah, I need to serve, and yeah, I'm going to serve, or this or that. No, no, we, in, in the flesh, we don't even have that capability. The only way we can get it is for the Holy Spirit to bring an inspiration to us and open our eyes and make us see, oh, that's it. That's what it is. That's where I need to be. That's what I should be doing. We can't do this by ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit who brings that inspiration and touches us so that we're able to go, okay, yeah, serve, I got it. Therefore. Brother Moore, back at the Lord's Chapel, used to say, anytime you see therefore in the Scripture, you need to go back and look at why it's therefore. Because. He humbled himself because he had a mindset that said, this isn't about me, this is about others. Because he, be, he became the perfect servant, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's where greatness comes from, serving. In the world to come. Let me close with this, with this passage. This is instruction that Paul gave to Timothy. He said, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, it's the next verse that's really the, the kicker, but... I just want to stop and say one thing about this because we have a tendency to read that and go, oh, those who are rich. Well, that's not me. You got food in the refrigerator? You got a refrigerator? You, you got sheets on the bed? 
you got a bed? This is you. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, willing to share. That sounds like a servant of God looking out for others. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. There is a new world coming. It is certain. It is more certain than the fact that the sun's going to rise in the morning. And there's only one way to invest in it. There's only one way to lay a firm foundation for it. And that's to be a servant of the living God, which is the highest title anyone can possibly attain to. Would you stand with me? Would those who are going to uh, pray with people, pray for people, if you'd come forward. And if you're here and you, uh, you need something, you come boldly before the throne of grace. And there's probably a lot, a lot of people here who, who do need something, but they're still kind of functioning on that level of, oh, well, I got this, or, you know, it just hasn't occurred to them that maybe God wants to get involved in this in my life. He does. Holy Spirit, quicken us. Quicken us. Help us to, us to get it. Us to understand. Hmm. If you don't know Christ, we'd love to introduce you to him. easy it's that easy I mean, being a Christian can sometimes be hard but you know what being a non-Christian is harder being a believer can be hard being a non-believer is harder but it's easy to come to know him come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden I will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn from me I'm meek and lowly you'll find rest for your souls what a deal like some of that you come as well we're going to worship for a few moments if you don't need to come worship with us create an atmosphere for the holy spirit to
love you guys. Raise your hand. We give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world to be a Savior, to be a servant, may that same Holy Spirit that empowered him so that he could leave with the testimony, I have completed all that you have given me to do. May that same Holy Spirit quicken you and make you aware of his calling on your life and empower you to be able to say, I've completed all that he gave me to do when your course is run. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.